Blog Talk Radio. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, that's where I'll always be Welcome to the Ask Sue Show. Do you like my new jingle? I'll tell you what, I'm so proud of that jingle. I know small things please little minds and all that, but come on. Uh, We had this done by an absolute lovely guy called Ashley, who's a friend of Steve's. And I just think it's a, so sorry, a rerun, okay? Just specially for you guys, okay? Hold on. Campaigning for change in BSL laws worldwide. It's the Ask Sue Show. With Sue and Steve. And it's just that bark in the end, it just finishes off totally. So, obviously, we better bring the uh, one man of the night. Uh, Steve, hi, how are you doing? Hello, Sue, very good evening. I'm fantastic, thank you. How are you? All very good, thank you. Uh, if I'd got a round of applause, then I'd have put it on for you so you could come on to a round of applause. But I know they'll all be clapping in the chat, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure they're clapping, clapping in the chat. That's a tongue twister for you, isn't it, this time of night? <laughs> <laughs> they're loving the little doggy bark as well. Bless. Oh, right, going to a more serious note. I know that's very difficult for me and Steve, but we'll we'll really try tonight. Um, as you all know, um, the whole of the Ask Sue Show group has been absolutely crazy. We have been, me and Steve have not been off our laptops. And we've been on the phone all the time, and shall we do this, and what about that, and whatever. I just need to tell everybody who's listening to our Sue Show, the ones that are on the group and everything else, and also the ones that can't listen to the show tonight, but they're going to listen later on, we are working a lot behind the scenes. Now, I know a lot of you are desperate to do something, but the trouble is we're trying to delegate to different things, and we have got loads coming up. But at the end of the day, we... Decide, well, Steve, very, he was the one who actually got this absolute fantastic guy for the show for us. Now, as you know, Jim is going to be on the show in a minute, and he has done a lot behind the scenes, and he's tried his hardest with loads of different things with Lennox. And, uh, of course, you know, what happened has happened, but at the end of the day, it has done a lot of good too, and it has brought a lot of us together, and it's going to help us to change these BSL laws so, without further ado, I'm going to shut up talking and I'm going to bring Jim on. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm fine, Sue. Hello. Hi, Steve. Glad to be here. Hello. With good you evening, today. Jim. Great to have you with us. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to talk with you and to uh, look at some of these things and discuss. 
the concerns that we all have. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Jim, can you just tell... Now, it's quite funny, everybody. Jim sent over a bio about himself and qualifications and letters. I think he pretty well covered the whole of the alphabet, really, with everything. Um, but, Jim, do you want to tell everybody what exactly you do and what you're about? Um, sure. In fact, I'll do better than my 19-year-old daughter did when, when somebody asked her, well, what does your father do? And she said, just look him up on Google. It's too long. Um, I, I'm, a re- I'm, I'm a retired police lieutenant, which is uh, the equivalent over there of a uh, full inspector with the Metropolitan Police in London, for instance. Um, retired from police department, uh, got into dog training through, uh, originally through dogs that, uh, funny-looking dogs that are native to the U.K. called curly-coated retrievers. Um but uh, got into dogs and dog training and dog behavior. And as time went on, my evil past as a police officer and my interest in the dogs led me to becoming interested in dog behavior and dog aggression particularly, and then on to what horrible things happen that lead to dogs and humans uh, intersecting in a way that that ends up with a human death. Uh, the old policeman and me wanted to know why. How does this happen? Why does this happen? We, these dogs, these animals sleep in our beds with us. How could this possibly go so wrong? And I was shocked to find out that nobody was asking those questions. So that got me started down that path. Since then, I've become certified as a behavior consultant natural, uh, nationally here in the U.S. I was certified as a professional dog trainer. Uh, I've done a lot of education and study on behavior and so forth, and plus uh, have investigated now uh, directly 15 human fatalities caused by dogs and have, after those attacks, um, had my hands on and evaluated about 30 dogs that have have killed humans, uh, which is, as, as best as anyone can tell, more than anybody else in the world. I've had calls, uh, for instance, from India and Canada and South America and now from Europe and so forth regarding these cases because there's just never been anybody who's, who's come across quite as many of these animals. And so that kind of all eventually wound back to leading where we are today. Well, trust me, wow. if we'd have had our way, you'd have had a phone call from Belfast too. I, I, I wish I had and. That was actually, um, people have asked me, well, why didn't you pop up sooner? Um, Victoria Stilwell got me involved in this over a year ago, and the reason it didn't go public is is Victoria had somewhat of a public uh, posture on it, but uh, we were trying to, you know, when when, when you have two nations that disagree, the first, if you've got good ones, the first thing you do is you don't go and publicly bomb the other nation. You try working diplomatically behind the scenes. And Vicky had uh, direct contact with the Barnes family and the legal team, and our plan was to try to get me over to Ireland, which was set, we could have done it, to evaluate Lennox and understand that I was not going to, quote, save Lennox. The, my conclusion was not foregone. I was going to go over and evaluate Lennox's behavior and either say, 
yes, I believe this dog deserves to go back to a family or be, be, be exempted or whatever because its behavior is not dangerous and he's not a threat to anyone, or to say, yeah, I've got to agree with your evaluator, this dog, for the following specific reasons, presents a hazard. So it could, you know, I was open and, and tried to maintain that for as long as possible because, again, until I laid hands on the dog, I wasn't going to um, come out with a foregone conclusion. I wanted to make it fair and as professional as possible. And, again, it, 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 it could have been, although I don't think any of us think it was reasonable that, to expect it, but it could have been that Lennox could have been actually a nasty dog. Um, but uh, the idea was to come in as a neutral party with experience that simply doesn't exist in the U.K. and to give an opinion and to do so in a way that the court and the Belfast City Council would accept uh, as uh, an additional opinion to consider. And that never came about. Uh, it, was ne it was never allowed. It, it, uh, the conclusions on their side were foregone, and they were not receptive uh, to that. Now, do you... Obviously, uh, I've actually read the blog that you did, and I must just say something live on air. Anybody that is sharing... Your blog at the moment on Facebook, I am disgusted to say that they will not let that link go on Facebook. It is actually at the moment going on there as spam, which as far as I'm concerned, I'm absolutely disgusted because you're very, very professional at what you do. And obviously the ones that have disagreed with you have um, put this um, as a spam, obviously because they don't want, you, they, they don't want um, the, obviously the truth being read. But, really, um, I, I wasn't aware of that. I'm going to have to get on that and find out with Facebook what's going on. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm absolutely you know disgusted. Well, what it was, I'd actually, and everybody will tell you, I have blasted my, and everybody's been putting this show all over Facebook for me, and we've actually put the link within it. Now, on one bit, mm -hmm. I've actually got like six paragraphs, and it actually includes your blog thing and it is literally the link is actually in it and it actually says your the link and it said it's actually been thing to spam so all i will say to people is because of the fact that it's actually been covered do not put the link in copy um jim's blog and post it okay so don't put jim's link in at the moment because it won't they won't allow you to put it up but copy the link uh, copy ah. all of the information and post it so, Jim, we will still get your word about it. I don't care how much they try and cover it. <laughs> and, and the Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, any, anyone who's interested can simply, if you put in into Google or whatever your search engine, Jim Crosby dog, my, it will come up to the link to my blog, and then you can click through. So that might be a way to get around that, uh, that little bump in the uh, road, too. Yeah, and, and if I had a brain, I'd actually go and put the link straight onto the chat because they're saying, well, what link, Sue? So if I put it in the chat, that might actually help me, mightn't it? <laughs> I'm yeah, onto it. I'm onto it, Sue. Don't worry. Yeah, it's, it, it, the, the, the direct link is all, all spelled out, canine aggression, one word, dot, blogspot, one word, dot com. So canine aggression, dot, blogspot, dot com will get you there. Excellent. Now, obviously, I've got questions coming up in chat, and obviously, it's going to be difficult because they're going to be asking questions, and I've got a couple of questions in my head. So, but Tony's put, what, what police department was Jim on? I'm, 
I was with the the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office in Jacksonville, Florida, for 22 years, and as I said, retired as a lieutenant and watch commander, which uh, in our system is again like a like an inspector in uh, in the London Police Department. Now, now the thing is, Jim, I know everybody's going to ask me this, going to be asking me to ask you this question. So, why didn't you come to Belfast? What what was it? Were you stopped from coming, or was it your? How did it work? Now, I didn't come. Victoria and I spoke about coming during May uh, over to for the hearing, the final legal hearing, and with the idea that uh, to do the evaluation to be able to appear before the court. But in talking with the legal team, they said that um, that. There was no way the court was not going to be accepting any testimony. There was no way to get me before them to uh, to to explain my point of view on this, and um, I wasn't even sure if we were going to be able to get access to to Lennox. So we made the decision, and I, and I actually kind of regret it now that instead of uh, just showing up in Belfast uh, to to do basically a PR thing to wait and see if we can still keep hammering away at the council to let, get them to be receptive. I didn't really want to see, um, see us waste the, the trip, if you will, to just simply be blown off. Um, now looking back, I actually regret that, that we didn't go over earlier, not that it would have made any difference. I'm not convinced that... Uh, that, that that would have made any difference at any time, and I was in contact with uh, several people, including sending messages directly to uh, Mr. Robertson and Mr. Patterson. Um, I was ready to drop to drop and jump the next plane for Ireland at, at any point. Absolutely. Now, um, also, obviously, on your blog, you um, described you went through the video through the video that you watched with Lennox. Um, mm -hmm. I am quite happy for you to go through that. Or can you explain your thoughts on that video? The video was actually number one. It was a short segment, but it was a, a pretty good indication. Here you had a dog that had been locked up at that point for a year, and Mr. David Ryan, who who is a behavior uh, specialist in the UK, interacted with him, and from what I saw, Lennox was very controlled. He was still very receptive and accepting of a total stranger. He uh, did not uh, do anything negative towards Mr. Ryan. And in fact, at the, at the first, when the video first starts, you see that Lennox has figured out very quickly Mr. Ryan's a nice guy, and he's trying to crawl under his leg in, in a very positive manner, looking, looking for cookies and looking for positive input. And Mr. Ryan puts his hand down to kind of just push his snout out from under his, his leg to give him some room to work, and Lennox doesn't give any signals. I mean, right then, if, if, if a dog was aggressive and you stuck your bare hand in his snout and pushed him out from under your leg, that right there should have started some kind of an aggressive response on his, on his part if he was such a, such a bad creature. And you then go through it, and his responses to Mr. Ryan are, are positive, they're receptive, he sits repeatedly when asked. He takes treats gently from Mr. Ryan's hand. Um, 
He starts to jump up in, in, in a friendly manner a couple of times and very quickly and readily responds to Mr. Ryan's commands to get off. Um, he puts up with Mr. Ryan reaching over and actually popping him in the snout a couple of times with, with no expression other than maybe a little bit of a what, what did I do wrong kind of look on his face. And um, seems to be a, a, a very well-adjusted, normal dog. Um, he is not afraid of Mr. Ryan. He's not afraid of the animal control officer that's got him on the leash. Um, obviously, he is so vicious that neither one of them are wearing any kind of protective equipment. They're both sitting with him, at, and he's basically at face level and is not a threat to either one of them. Now, that's what I was going to say to you, because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I've got a Rottweiler, and let's face it, when she goes to the vets, the vets knows that she's in the room, to be fair, because she does not like the vets. Now, I'm thinking to myself, if I had her in that room, I know that she wouldn't be so thing because she is a bit thing about um, strangers. Do you know what I mean? They, they, at the end of the day, were straight. Well, she wasn't, but he was a stranger to, her, to Lennox. Mm -hmm. He did not Absolutely. make any attempt to have a go or anything, um, and, and they had no muzzle on him or anything. I mean, what protective clothing would you, would you have gone in on protective clothing, or what would you have worn in that same situation when you actually didn't know the dog? Well, even, even as low-key as during the time that I ran an animal control agency over in West Florida, which was for two and a half years, when my officers were out, even just picking up strays that had no, no dangerous history to them, they had to wear Kevlar gloves, uh, bite-resistant gloves, to try and reduce the likelihood of them being injured because when you're reaching for a dog that you don't know, you, they may be sensitive about the collar, they may be hand-sensitive, and you want to use basic protection. When I'm evaluating a dog that is allegedly a biter or, or dangerous, I will go in and first observe the dog, but if I'm at all worried, I'm going to put at the very least Kevlar gloves on, and if the dog seems to be a, true, a truly a, a, a potentially dangerous dog, I'll actually put on uh, waist-high, snake-proof, bite-proof chaps on my legs to protect myself so that if the dog latches onto me, yeah, I'm going to take a couple of bruises, but I'm not going to wind up with, with huge bits of flesh ripped off. And, you know, that's even, and that's especially when dealing with dogs that I know have already killed a human being, where I've, where I've seen the pictures of this person with limbs ripped off, and I'm being a little on the cautious side. Um, so if, if, again, Lennox was, was supposed to be so unpredictable and dangerous, why was everybody sitting down like a Sunday picnic here? Exactly. Now, obviously, I, I, I actually don't want us to be talking about Lennox all night tonight because I want to start right. moving on to the BSL laws shortly. But everybody's going to ask the same question as, uh, as myself, and that is, going back to the lady that's with the dog. I've forgotten the name. It's just gone straight in my head. But anyway... She's actually holding a dog, and let's face it, this is the lady, the same lady that actually stood in that courtroom and said that Lennox was nasty. By how she was in that room, and I, I would like you to answer that, and obviously we all know the same thing, but what, how did, did you see that she was with him? Seeing she the fact that she said in court that he was dangerous, she didn't trust him and everything, me personally, I could see that there was trust from both sides to that to the to each other. 
It, it looked that way to me. I didn't see any any reticence or, or reluctance on her part. And again, if she had been so worried, she'd have been standing. I, I and uh, other animal control officers and folks I've worked with, if you've got a dog that's that's fractious and, and unpredictable, you're standing up with a good stance with the leash in your hand to make sure that if that dog goes for you, you can take defensive measures and get the dog off you. You don't sit there and let it crawl up in your lap and, and run around under your legs and uh, basically be friendly with you. That's that's not something you do with a dog that you're afraid of. That's something you do with a dog that you're comfortable with. Exactly. I mean, somebody's just said in in the chat she was not scared of him. She apparently loved him. And to be honest, as much as everybody runs her down, and I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm, gonna, I'm sitting on a garden fence. So before everybody knocks me down in the chat, listen to me. I'm sitting on a garden fence. I look at that video and it broke my heart. Simply, it's the one video that really did just tip me over the edge, because he sat between her legs, just mm-hmm. like mine was. Like as if it yeah. was her own dog. If if I if I walked into there, I would have said that was her dog because of how it was sitting with her. He, he went back to her each time, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And there was no there was no nastiness with him. And the thing is, you're saying to me, you're saying to us that you, you know your officers would stand up if it was nasty. I'm not being funny. If I saw a nasty dog, I wouldn't be in the room. And he said, I would have made sure and said, excuse me, but he's got to have a muzzle on. But there was none of that in there. No, I didn't see any of that. And and I'm going to kind of stick out on the fence here a little bit, too, even though I know I'm going to take some, some flack for it. We've all been very critical of, uh, I, heard, I think her name is Lightfoot, and also the, uh, the, the, the BCC expert, Mr. Tallick. I think in some ways, not, not by fans of Lennox, but by the government, they have both been done a, a great disservice. Ms. Lightfoot has been placed in the situation where people are quoting her assessments of Lennox's behavior and her behavioral opinions, and she's she's being held up for this, and she has no behavioral training. She's an animal warden. She picks up strays and brings them in. Um, she's yeah, not a behaviorist. Likewise, Mr. Talek is not a behaviorist, nor uh, in his position is he really... Uh, for instance, his his job, I heard him speaking the other day on the radio, his job is to look at a dog and decide whether it looks like a particular breed. Well, the poor man is not a dog show judge. He's not a confirmation expert. If he's being expected, to me, to to be making these determinations, he should have been given by his employers some specified training, such as being taught by judges from the kennel club what makes up the, 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 a standard for a breed, what it means for the shape of the head and the shape of the eyes and the layback of the shoulder, what these technical terms mean and how to, to apply them. And for me to be able to, um, I mean, I, I've mentioned I, I have curly coats. I was the president of the National, the American Curly Coat Club for six years, and I've participated in judges' education. And judges' education on recognizing and recognizing the qualities of breed is very extensive. And yet Mr. Talek's employers have expected him to do basically the, the job of a multi-breed show judge with no training. They've expected Ms. Lightfoot to do the job of a behaviorist with no training. So in, in some ways I have to, 
I have to be critical not necessarily of them but of their bosses for putting them out globally and then throwing them under the bus when, when they didn't get their way. Absolutely. Now, the other thing, uh, me, I'm, I'm going to, they'll probably shoot me down, but at the end of the day, I, I've got to do this show properly, and I'm sitting on the garden fence with this tonight. My point as well, at the end of the day, she was put in a position, that was her job. And at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it was her, her family and everything else. So the thing is, she had to do what she had to do. And at the end of the day, she could have ended up with no job, depending on what she said. I that, I actually think there was a... Possible. Do you know what I mean? And I think there was a big connection with her and that dog. I mean, the thing is, if that dog was scared of her or she'd done something nasty to that dog to a degree, she, he wouldn't have been going and sitting in between her legs. Obviously, that is a sign uh, on my part with with my dog. My dog will do that if it wants protecting or if it wants to love. And I feel mm-hmm. that's why she went, she went, you know, he went back to her all the time. Yeah, I, I think that the fact that he returned to her as a point of refuge and went back to her... Um, I never saw him get nervous or 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 show anxiety or fear, but he he kept checking back in with her because she was in that room. She was his safe place. She was his his place of comfort. And if if she had been that afraid of him, I don't think we'd have seen that at all. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, I know everybody's knocking knocking these people, but the thing is. I think this is, I mean, people are saying to me, it's political as well, and it's difficult. But have you ever seen, an, you know, this type of fight for, for one dog in particular, Jim, while you've been doing this? Um, this is unusual. I was involved in one a few months ago in Pennsylvania where a, a dog by the name of Hilo was accused of killing an infant, and he was going to be destroyed. And some folks brought me in, um, it was uh, outside uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was able to get in, get time with Hilo and to look at all of the police evidence. To and that's part of what I do is I look at the autopsy pictures, I look at the uh, physical evidence pictures from the home, I examine the dogs and so forth. And in that case, there there was a, a bit of a bit of attention to it. And in that case, I was able to determine that uh, basically they had the wrong dog. There were three other dogs in that home. The dog that was accused of this, Hilo, uh, was actually a very, a very much a sweetheart of a Siberian Husky, and uh, that the bites were inconsistent with, with Hilo's jaws, and that his temperament was, was steady and stable and friendly. And we were able to achieve there... Uh, a case where the court allowed us to simply remove him from the state of Pennsylvania and send him to safe refuge where he will very happily live out the rest of his days. And my last report on him is that Hilo is still the friendly, wonderful dog that I saw. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, we we want to, obviously, uh, firstly, I'd better bring Steve back in. Steve, have you got any questions you'd like to ask Jim? Um, no, not directly at this stage. I mean, all listening to Jim um, and listening to everything that he's got to say and, and, you know, as far as the actual Lennox side of things, which I know we're moving on from shortly, but, but my, my only wish is that, that you know, we had been around and, and that indeed Jim had been allowed to get involved earlier because with his evidence um, and his opinions, 
um, even if it had only been an evaluation of, of, of the one that we've seen on the video, I think it would have made a world of a difference. Um, and, and I certainly think that if he'd have been allowed to go in and give his professional opinion and do his own assessment, we could be in a, a totally different situation here. And to me, my personal opinion is that the whole thing stinks. Uh, that they weren't willing to consider Jim's evidence, you know. Um, and, and Steve, it, it, I got to say, I got to say that I think that after a certain point, it and, and I've said it in my blog. After a certain point, it was no longer about the dog; it was about egos. It was absolutely. about human egos on both sides, and Lennox was simply the the device or the the the, the battlefield over which they were fighting. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. The thing is, though, Jim, I mean, I, uh, as everybody on the Asu Show will know, and I know, Jim, you've been informed on what we've been doing on the Asu Show. I mean, we, everybody is in so much shock. We still cannot believe, like, I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands behind this story, and they still did it. And I still cannot, and I know everybody will be agreeing with me in the chat. You know, the, I, we've had the shows, and we've had adults, you know, calling into the show, and they've absolutely sobbed their hearts out because... This dog literally got to people's hearts. Lennox literally got took into everybody's home, and we still can't believe that they actually did it. Do you actually believe they had a reason at all to do what they did? I don't believe there was a legitimate reason to put this dog down, no. Based on what I've seen from his behavior, the dog presented absolutely no threat to anyone. Uh, the other disturbing thing is that this dog had been licensed for five years. It wasn't like somebody snuck a black market ninja pit bull into the U.K. and then suddenly got discovered. This dog had been there uh, as a bulldog mix for five years, licensed and vaccinated and around the community. And and so that's, that, that's really the worst part of this is Lennox was strictly executed for his looks and only... Oh. His looks as interpreted by a very limited number of people. If, if I could just come in there, because that just brings me to a question that Gary has just asked me through the Facebook chat. Um, he's just said to me, in your opinion from looking at him, are you able, Jim, to say whether you would um, agree that Lennox was, a, 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 if you like, purebred pit bull? or was a mix of other dogs, as the family were claiming? Is, is, is that something you have an opinion on? Um, looking, at him, looking at the pictures of Lennox, um, I would definitely say, in, in my opinion, and I'm going to qualify this a little bit, but in my opinion, Lennox was not an American pit bull terrier. He was too tall. There were some other things about him that did not meet the standard of an American pit bull terrier. Now, we, what we call pit bulls wind up being a whole group of things. They can be Staffordshire Terriers. They can be, believe it or not, or, or not they'll, they will talk about bull terriers, the Spuds McKenzie dogs as being pit bulls, Presa Canarios, Cana Corsos, Fila Brasileiros. Uh, there's this Mastiffs. There's this whole raft of different breeds, some of which are, are banned and some of which are not banned. And really... It takes a, quite frankly, a breed judge level of training and experience to be able to look and say, definitely, ah, that's a cane corso, but his head's a little, a little sharp. But this one is definitely a, a uh, Presta Canario, and this one is definitely a pit bull. 
according to Dr. Uh, Christopher Irizarry out of Western University in San Diego here in the States, uh, he is a, a genomist and a genetic scientist, and he said that there's really only six sets of genes that affect the overall appearance of dogs. Now, those are six genes or gene groups out of two and a half million. So wow. if you've, you've only got this tiny pool of genetic material that's determining um, physical appearance, and, and, there, and he said that there's, there's something in excess of 19 groups that are different that have to do with behavior. So trying to look at a dog and think, well, this one's got, uh, this one's short like a dachshund, but he's a little thick like a corgi, but he's got, uh, and Akita's curly tail. It doesn't work that way. You can't start dissecting a dog visually and really decide what it is. And being in the shelter, having worked in the shelter environment, sometimes it's a wild guess. You know, it's, uh, okay. And, and then you find out later from DNA that, oh, well, this dog is actually this, 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 and this. And, and those pieces just added up um, to, to make a picture that looked like something that it may or may not have been. Um, Which I think I is where this... Sorry, sorry, Jim, carry on. Oh, no, that's it. I just, uh, I said, I, I have met and, and interacted with most of these, these various breeds and, you know, although I'm not a dog show judge by any, any stretch, I was a field judge for uh, the United Kennel Club and some other field organizations where we had to look and say, are you bringing a Labrador up here or is this uh, something else? And appearance can vary a lot. And uh, it's tough some, sometimes to tell the differences. And then when you have a band that's, okay, this group is banned and this group is not, where do you start drawing the lines? The, the problem is, in, in this case, it was very loosely put that Lennox was a pit bull type. And the word type, I think, was, was a very important thing here because, you know, what exactly defines a pit bull type of dog? You know, I mean, four legs and a tail, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I looked at, and I pulled up the, the manual that is online that the... Um, that the uh, British government uses as a guide for its evaluators. And it was very interesting because it doesn't require that all of the standards or all of the criteria listed um, have to be met. It's, does it mostly look like this, which is, which is even worse. Um, and that's the, their, official, their official stand. It's, it, it, it should be most of. Well, okay, what's most of? Jim, if, right. if, you, if you were actually going to go in to see Lennox, what exactly would you take in with you, and how would you do the assessment in the sense of, you know, they, they apparently had a measure, take measure to measure his head. What would you actually do, and how, you know, give us an explanation on how you would actually do that. Well, for instance, I wouldn't be carrying a tape measure because I don't care how wide his head is or how long his tail is or the relationship between his left leg and his, and his right uh, nostril or whatever silly yeah. regulations <laughs> they're, they're talking about. I would have gone in um, and, and videotaped it like they did, but I would have first met the dog and to see you know, if he had a, a negative reaction to me because if 
if I walked up to him at the kennel and the dog is lunging and snarling and snapping at the, at the door of the kennel, I'm going to do some preliminary work to, to try to build a little bit of trust so that at least I can get my hands on him. But if that wasn't a problem and, and the situation was the same as, as we saw in Mr. Ryan's video, what I would have actually done is first told uh, the handler to go ahead and just take him off the leash, um, stand up and go stand over in the corner, and let me interact with him. And I would have seen how, first of all, how readily he approached me as a stranger, what his approach was, whether he was doing it in a, in a positive manner, looking for positive human contact, or whether he was acting fearful. If he came to me voluntarily or if he went over without being restrained and stood behind his handler. That would give me information as to his desire to be sociable. Um, after interacting for a while, what I would be doing is putting my hands all over him as much as he would let me, petting him on the head, grabbing his ears, grabbing his tail, picking up his, his feet and manipulating his paws, uh, running my hands down his back not only to pet him but also doing what we call a squeeze, where you grab hands full of furs and you grab and, you, you know, you're not really pinching, but you're grabbing to see if you get a response from the dog. Um, I would have pressed, initially pressed on both his rear hips to see if he had any pain sensitivity. That's something you see sometimes in dogs that suddenly bite. They've gotten older, their hips have gotten bad. Some little kid comes along and falls on him. The dog whips around and bites him. Why? Because he's got hips that are going bad or maybe a broken rib or something. Um, physically would have gone all over the dog, including opening his mouth and checking his teeth just to see what his reactions were. When I do a temperament test on a dog, I'm not looking for a pass or fail. I'm looking for as a, as a diagnostic tool to try to figure out what this dog's triggers are, whether it's got physical or behavioral sensitivities, and what could have, because usually I'm dealing with a dog that has bitten. And I want to find out what the, uh, what the trigger for that bite was. With Lennox, there was never a bite. There was never a negative interaction. So I'd want to see what his personality was like. I'd throw a, I'd throw a leash on him and we'd walk around. Um, I would have somebody do something unexpected, like uh, be standing to the side and open up an umbrella. To, to see how he reacted to a, a novel object, to drop uh, metal pans or something directly behind us without him seeing it coming, so I could see what his startle response was and uh, uh, ha and how he recovered from something novel. I would uh, walk him around. Uh, would probably would have walked him up and down very close the other kennels in whatever facility he was in to see if he was showing any dog dog aggression. You know, you, you walk, you've got a kennel with dogs barking and going crazy, and you, when you walk through there and you've got a dog that's calm and, and keeps looking up at you and focused on you and ignoring all the other guys, it's, it, it's like having a prisoner that's ignoring everybody banging their, their, their cups on the, excuse me, on the metal bars and, and calling them names and having them secure enough to just ignore them and pay attention to you. Those are the kinds of things that, 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 that I would have done. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, I'm going to have to go to the lines. We've got a caller waiting. Sure. Um, I think it is Lena. Hi, Lena. How are you doing? Hi, Sue. Hi, Jim. Hello. 
Hi. Um, right. Um, I had so many questions, but you answered some of them, so I have to now rethink on what I was going to ask. Um, <laughs> the first thing I was going to say, somebody, Claire just mentioned it again in the text there, um, the video of Lennox um, being assessed, it didn't show right, according to some people, it didn't show that right at the end, Lennox was kind of cornered next to the chair when the video was switched off, obviously, so it's not filmed. They say that the assessor went to clip something, a collar onto, a lead onto his collar, and he went over his head to attach it to his collar, and that's when Lennox lunged at him. That's the rumor that's going around that people are saying that made the court say that he was aggressive. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have a dog. But even I know a strange dog, you do not go over his head because that's an aggressive move. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is that anybody who's going to say that simply reaching for a collar, um, if the dog reacts, is negative, has obviously never tried to reach over and grab a puppy's collar when he really doesn't want to come to you. Because an eight-week-old puppy is going to turn around and try, he wants to go play. He's going to turn around and try to uh, get at your hand very often just simply because he wants to go where he wants to go. And he's, he's, a, little, he's a little kid, and, and that's his, his only tool he has to use. Um, as I said, what I would have done, and it would have been much earlier on in what, what we saw there, I would have actually deliberately reached for his collar time and time again so to see that A, if he had a negative reaction, what it was, and B, to see if he recovered from that after the first time and realized that I and had the discrimination to realize that I was reaching not as a threat, not as out of some kind of intimidation, but I was simply reaching for his collar. Um, exactly. There, there's, there's a lot of body... Dogs remember communicate about 95% through body language uh, and how you are standing and how you're reacting. And I have no doubt that Mr. Ryan understands that because he is a behaviorist, but sometimes dogs are more sensitive. A dog will be more sensitive to one thing than another, which is part of what a full, uh, a full evaluation really has to address. The dog may be sensitive to reaching for the collar, and he may have good reason to. We don't know, other, other than his relationship with Ms. Lightfoot, we don't know what his relationship with the rest of the kennel staff or other people might have been. He may have repeatedly had people reach for his collar and snatch him up for whatever reason and have, have a perfectly valid reason to be a little bit wary. Um, Sarah Fisher mentioned that she believed that um, he may have had a neck injury. If a dog's got an injury, they're going to be protective of that, whether you're being appeasing or not. The dog Hilo that I evaluated in Pennsylvania, he had a recently broken leg, and the only negative reaction I got out of him was when I went to manipulate that leg, and he gave me exactly what I thought he would, a little bit of a, of a push with his muzzle that, hey, that leg is sore, let's go easy, buddy. I saw that video. I think that was also on your link on this article. Yes. That, yeah. It was, yeah. That And that dog was supposedly aggressive and attacked somebody as well. 
Right. That, right? that dog was blamed yeah. was blamed for killing an infant. Exactly. And I saw that and it was amazing the work what you did with him and it you know it was amazing basically. But um another question I did have uh, but then I'll get off and I'm sure there's other people waiting. Um the DNA aspect um it was said that the DNA report to prove that Lennox was not a pit bull was not used as evidence in court because they were saying that you can't prove with a DNA report what breed a dog is. Now, I don't understand that because if you had a human being, obviously, um, without sounding racist or sounding put you know, aggressive against any other race, but you can get a mixture of races in a human being. By looking at person, you can't tell what race they are. But if you did a DNA, it would prove what race they have in their blood. Isn't it the same with the dogs? And why would the courts not accept the DNA result for Lennox to prove that he well, was not pitbull? There's two things I can say. Number one, it's absolutely positive that... that Canine DNA, just like humans, can be identified to a particular dog. That's not in question. In, gen in genomics, they are getting better and better with being able to um, identify breed from DNA. There are still some scientists who are not 100% um, sold on it. However, if you send multiple samples to, to the various places that are, are now doing it, you can get a, a consensus on the same sample that, yes, this does mostly appear to be so-and-so. Um, that's still relatively new technology, um, but it's becoming more and more accepted, and I honestly don't know why the, the Belfast Council refused to accept that, other than the idea that they're simply hiding behind the idea of pit bull type, and a pit bull type means um, whatever they say it is. And that, that we have in this country where literally ordinances, are written, BSL ordinances are written that a dog is a pit bull or whatever animal control thinks a pit bull looks like. Mm, exactly. Absolutely. Again, that's what he looks like rather than the actual DNA evidence. And I'm sure uh, somebody just I can't read it on the text, but somebody said there was no DNA. But as far as I can read on all the stories that I've done a lot of research on, they're all saying that the family did have him DNA tested when they first got him. So yeah, I, I was I'm told the same by. thing. I haven't seen the I haven't seen the documents regarding that, but I was told very early on that a DNA sample had been sent to one of the testing labs and uh, that uh, testing lamb came back that he was, I believe it was American Bulldog Labrador Mix. Exactly. That's what I felt as well. See, and see, this is the trouble at the moment, Jim. We've got quite a thing on Facebook at the moment. We're being told one thing from one and one from another. And the thing is, I mean, I've, we've even been told that DNA wasn't able to be proven in dogs, so that's good because you just confirmed to us that it actually can be. So... But, but sorry, I'll just put in a minute. But my point is, um, and I've said this on this show, and all of the listeners are going to say she's saying it again. My point to that is, does that not then throw out all of the DNA things that we've done for other things, like humans that have gone and murdered somebody or whatever? We use the DNA in court to lock people up for life and all sorts. 
Exactly. And goodness knows what else. Mm-hmm. So why did that not stand in court? Um, I don't know. And, and, and again, in court, I do know that to, if I work, for instance, a, a homicide case where a dog has killed someone and we, reco- we recover canine DNA from, from the injury on the human, we can absolutely go to court and match that back to an individual dog, just like an individual human, and that doesn't seem to be in question. Um, the, the only question within the genetic sciences, and those questions are, are becoming fewer and fewer, is to, is to whether you can identify breed by DNA. Um, it, and it's, it's like with dog bites. You can give me a dog bite, and I can't tell you, ah, that was obviously two-thirds dachshund and one-third Jack Russell Terrier that bit this person. Um, that's even even more ridiculous to expect. But uh, the, the science on identifying breeds is getting better and better as days, as days go by and more and more samples. And the companies that are doing this are accumulating larger and larger databases of... Um, of, of dogs identified by long pedigree, so that so they're getting better and better at sorting it out and determining which alleles have to do with which dogs' um, breed types. So it, it's it's not bad, but it's getting better as time goes on too. If I could just step in there, Jim, and just ask a, a question, um, and and I, I think we need to to move on to the the plans for the future mm-hmm. shortly. Um, and obviously, the whole DNA thing is one thing, but ultimately, the you know, from what I understand, the case of Lennox is the fact that DNA or no DNA, they were arguing that he was, let's quote the professional statement, the, one of the most dangerous dogs I've ever seen. Um, I think that was ultimately <laughs> what, uh, what 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 the professionals called him. Um, but a lot I got of people... a dog for them to have met. Can <laughs> <laughs> we arrange that? <laughs> uh, actually, actually, I can't arrange it because the dog is dead now. But I can def- I could definitely show them what what one dog is fully capable of doing to a full grown adult human. Uh, yeah. So I'm not impressed. I could show them the same thing just <laughs> just by letting Sue's muzzle off. To be honest with you, but um, one question that. One question that a number of people are asking, and, and Jim, I don't want to dwell on this because it's not really relevant to us, and it's, it's, not, it's, it's the Barnes family's issue if they wanted to explore this, but a few people have just been asking me now. Um, from your police experience, and, and I guess this is really a yes or no, do you know with DNA testing facilities, should the family decide they wanted to, because there's this whole issue of they cannot see the dog's body and they maybe get some ashes back in the post if they're lucky, could ashes of a cremated dog, you said you can specifically um, identify a specific dog from, from a murder scene, for example, by the DNA. Can ashes be analyzed uh, for DNA to see if they it were the same dog, assuming the family do have DNA records of, of Lennox when he was uh, uh, you know, obviously alive? Um, if they got back his ashes, people are asking, could a, a forensics determine if those ashes were from the right dog? Absolutely, positively, maybe, probably not. Um, <laughs> let, let me explain that. Um, again, Jim, you've been on my show too long. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually been in charge of running a cremator, and the first stage of a crematory runs at 1,300 degrees Fahrenheit, and then the second stage runs between 16 and 1,800 degrees. The problem is that when you when you 
expose DNA to those extremely high temperatures, uh, the higher the temperature, the more likely the DNA is to degrade to the point where, depending on how hot and how that particular batch was processed and, and what that cremator did, you might not even be able to say for sure whether it was canine or human which is one of the reasons that here in this country, crematories are regulated really, really, really closely. Because if, um, for instance, I did threaten my 19-year-old daughter once that uh, I ran a place that had a cremator, and if she had a boyfriend that was that bad, he could be made to disappear, and no one would ever find <laughs> him. Um, it would, to me, it would, be, it would be, if they get ashes back, it would be worth... <clears throat> I think sending that to someplace to let them sample because, for instance, you might get a bone chip that um, was protected enough from the heat that it was still intact and might contain an, an analyzable bit of DNA that had not been completely degraded. However, I think it's highly unlikely that uh, you're going to get enough um, enough intact DNA, and, and I could be wrong. It's, uh, uh, that, that would be a great question for a genetic scientist as to how, how high do you have to heat tissue to be able to absolutely destroy the DNA and make it unidentifiable. I think that 1,300 to 1,800 degree temperatures are probably high enough. Okay. Um, to be honest, I just need... So, sorry, Jim, I just need to pop in. you just saying it depends on how degraded they've got I'm not being funny. I think he's been degraded enough already before all that happened. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh, yeah, that just, word just come into my mind, and I just thought, I need to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, it might be worth, if somebody was willing to, to go through the entire sample they sent to see if they could find any, but I think that the, the likelihood of being able to find enough of, a, of an intact strand of DNA to be able to make a positive identification is going to be real, real small. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay then, Lena? Is that okay for you? Oh, yeah, wonderful. Sorry, I thought you'd actually cut me off by now. Um, yeah, Jim, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, i got loads of questions. I could sit here all night, but I know you've got other, uh, other callers coming in, and I know we need to move forward, so I'm patiently sitting here listening to what are the plans for the future. Thank you, Jim. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Lena, for calling into the show. And we will go on to the next caller. Now, I think if, uh, it's one of the others, so I'm just going to go with it. Hold a minute. Area code 330. Hi. Hello. Hi. Is that Beth? Yes, it is. How are you guys? Hey, hi, now, Beth. If, if Steve had done me a little bit of a tune, I'd have gone... Da -da -da! <laughs> this is what is our thousandth member for the Ask Sue Show group. So well done, Beth. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. It was quite a surprise. I was there to support Lennox and uh, the BSL. Um, I'm highly against BSL. I'm a pit bull owner myself, and uh, I think it's wrong, and it's highly ineffective. So have you got any questions for Jim? Yes, yes, I do. Hi, Jim. Thank you very much for this Hi. opportunity. Um, during the during the public outcry with Lennox, the the people, the average citizens, we called and we protested and we wrote, but the majority of us felt like we were unheard. 
What do you think that would be the most effective thing that people could do to help end BSL? The, I think the best way to attack BSL is, 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 number one, you have to get a hold of your local legislators uh, on, on your local, state, provincial, uh, national level. But you have to get a hold of these people, preferably face-to-face, um, they say that uh, you know uh, an email message represents about ten constituents that care enough. A written message uh, they tend to interpret as representing about a hundred constituents, and a face-to-face uh, represents about a thousand. So, number one, I would say try and get FaceTime and try and make it clear to your to your legislators that. BSL is just simply not acceptable. It is not fair. It is not based on any quantifiable scientific fact. It is uh, a knee-jerk reaction that politicians tend to use when they they are perceived to have to do something, so they just throw BSL out there, and then they can move on and say, see, I've handled the whole problem. Um, the The other thing is that... And, and I think Steve, Steve and I talked about it earlier. We want to go into this. Is the uh, the fact that just saying you don't like BSL is great, but what we need to do is start proposing alternate strategies that actually af- address the real problem, and that is behavior. So okay. I would contact my my legislators and say, this doesn't work but here is an example of something that does. And this is a way you can do something positive to affect the safety of the public while not just simply knee-jerk doing the wrong thing. Give them an alternative. That's that's a very good point. If I could just step in there, actually, Jim, and and I think I touched on this earlier on when we spoke on the phone. I've mentioned this to several people. As most of the listeners know, I live in Spain, um, and certain dogs, in fact, any dog over 25 kilos with with specific breeds mentioned, including my Rottweiler, um, are classed as potentially dangerous, which I do prefer to the UK's way of calling them just straight dangerous, uh, potentially dangerous. Um, And in order to obtain the license to have this dog, there was very little done on the dog. It was all about me. They first of all did police checks on me. They first of all did psychiatric tests on me, which were similar to the ones that you talked about in your report, which I would really love you to to talk about in the second part of the show, Jim. Um, and, And they did a lot of things on me, testing my physical strength, asking me questions about what I knew about dogs, how I would handle certain situations. And it was only when I proved my worth that I was granted the license to own a Rottweiler and I can live Mm -hmm. in peace now and I have certain insurances in place which are compulsory by law should anything go wrong, but I can live in peace knowing that whatever happens with my Rottweiler, I'm safe because I followed a... Although it's flawed in many ways, it's certainly a better model than we have in the UK as far as the the, the Dangerous Dogs Act go, you know? Yes, and... and, um you know, I, I'm a mixed. I'm a mixed feelings with that because there there are people who are going to go around that. But again, it, but it's it's far better than uh, than simply saying all dogs that look like X are hereby uh, are hereby banned because they're somehow inherently dangerous. Um, 
you know, I I would like to see, uh, for instance, dangerous dog law, and, and we talked about before that's based very clearly on behavior that's quantifiable, that's clear, that's consistent, and that's fair across all breeds. Um, issues like, for instance, um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with him over there because he, he is actually a Brit by nature, um, Dr. Ian Dunbar, uh, who I've spoken to and, and, and been to seminars with him and so forth, years ago developed a six-level bite assessment uh, device. And since I, I want to keep things on, on a behavioral level, I have taught, with his, with his folks' permission, his six-level bite, bite um, tool. And it goes from a level one where a dog is just growling and snarling to a level six where there's a human fatality. And see, I think that, that for instance, a good dangerous dog law would be one that says, okay, if your dog commits a level five bite, which means there's serious rending and tearing, there's multiple bites, there's serious life-threatening injuries, this dog is declared dangerous, and you have to meet these containment and, and uh, restraint requirements and, and licensing, and you have to have insurance, and you have to do all of these things. Whereas perhaps if you go to the other end, you've got level one or level two bikes that, that um, there's been no physical contact, but it's been threatening behavior to say, okay, if you've had three level two incidents that were unprovoked off your property in the last um, two years, the first thing you're going to do, at, at the second one you're going to get a warning. At the third one, you're going to wind up getting a fine. You're going to have to take your dog to some kind of remedial training, um, obedience or behavior work, and you're going to be put into a, a pool of people with, potentially dangerous dogs where you have to meet some standards. Then if you screw up after that, the first thing that happens is your dog goes to full dangerous, and at the same time, you go to jail. And we, 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 we thereby regulate both the, the specific behaviors of the dogs but put the ultimate responsibility not on the dog but on the human behind the dog. Obviously, in Spain, you have had to show your human responsibility before you were even allowed to have the dog. They didn't even wait for you to, to show whether you were responsible or not. And um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But, again, you say it's uh, those dogs over 25 kilos, um, that, that, that's good because that way um, it doesn't matter what breed you have. It, it, they're going on size. And that, yeah. that's at least a, a, a fair application. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Sorry, do you have ben. another question then, Beth? Um, well, I have uh, dozens of questions, but they're actually uh, about Linux, but um, I'll stick with the BSL just because it is such a hot issue at this point in time because of Linux. Um, my heart goes out to the Linux family wholeheartedly, um, and I've been following the story for about, oh, well, two years, Um but uh, I'm fortunate that I live in a state where BSL was just retracted. I'm very, very fortunate. But I will say oh, you're that in Ohio. I am. I am. Yay, Ohio. Yes, yes, I'm so happy about that. 
Um, but um, there are other areas out there that are having difficulty with this. Um, beyond what you spoke of, is there anything else that you might mention or, or guide us to help us get this overturned nationwide and worldwide? Yeah, it's it's basically it's a ma- it's a matter of getting with the the people that are are placing these these laws and these ordinances and explaining to them the fallacy of what they're doing and the the presence of better alternatives that will let them address all of the safety issues they're worried about rather than just the pit bulls however they define that and mm-hmm. you know there's in, in the last few years there there are number a huge number of breeds that have been involved in dangerous and fatal attacks people have been killed by everything literally from pomeranians and dachshunds to presa canarios and great danes um uh, i i know that a few weeks back in denver where they have a breed ban a mailman was horribly mauled by two dogs one was a shepherd and one was a chow the breed ban didn't do that man any good instead that's where where breed clear behavior based dangerous dog law comes into play and perhaps if uh if they had been less worried about killing off the pit bulls and more worried about reported behavior problems that that person might not have had to go through what he went through i agree i agree with you okay beth is that okay then that is wonderful. Um, I thank you, Sue. I thank you, Steve, and I thank you very much, Jim, for your time. It's been wonderful speaking with you. Sure, and we're, we're actually, you, you know, we're actually not, you know, and we'll talk about it later, uh, later some. But um, we're actually doing some in the future some conferences and speaking things across the U.S. I just was in Springfield, Missouri, uh, last weekend, and those kind of um, events and whatever are great for being able to get the public out and get the legislators out, especially if they'll attend and listen, and to be able to present uh, the information on alternate alternatives to just breed-based knee-jerk stuff um, so they understand there's something else out there. So uh, maybe we'll be coming up to Ohio soon. I hope you will be. Thank you very much. Oh, okay, Beth, thanks ever so much, and well done for being our thousandth person onto the group as well. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Beth. Bye-bye. Bye. I think it's worth just stepping in and mentioning there as well. Jim mentioned his, his conferences and events around America, and we are hoping um, at some point in the future to be working with Jim um, and, and getting similar things um, happening, and, and at least one, if not more, similar events with Jim actually in the UK because it's my belief and I'm sure the people that are talking in the chat now will totally agree with me there is nobody in the UK that's got Jim's experience or expertise period and um, it will be a great educator to authorities the police 
um, dog wardens and all of these kind of people to learn from Jim's experience. And I know Jim very kindly said to me earlier on that he would be prepared to work with us towards events like this in the UK. Um, and, and that would be a very exciting thing. And I, I very much hope that Jim's experience will, will make big, big changes or help to go towards making big changes in the UK. Yeah, and I'm, I would love to come over to the UK and do some do some not only some public things, but one of the things I do is actually go to police departments and animal control agencies and work with them to train them, you know, how how to react and, and on, on a procedural level what to do and what to look for if they run one of these into one of these worst of worst situations where somebody has lost their lives because. The, the bad news is that uh, there are so there are so few of these that typically when one happens, the police agency involved has no clue how to start, stop, or what to do when it happens um, because they've never seen it before. The good news is that they'll probably never see it again because, for instance, in the U.S., we have a total out of a 300 million population, we have a total of about 25 or 26 people a year that are killed by dog attacks. It's a tiny number, but um, by, by getting with police departments and animal control departments and, and running them through it before it happens, it, it forearms them to be able to handle the worst situation. And it also lets me get out there and explain that, again, it, it, it's not... We need to, A, stop looking at what breed it was, and, B, don't just go in and say, oh, the dog did it, and leave it at that, because there is human responsibility and human factors and, and, and potential prosecution. We've, we've, I've been able to be involved in cases where we've sent people to prison for the first time for their irresponsibility that led to someone's death by their dog. Mm. Absolutely, and that's the, that's the way it should be, rather than the poor dogs being the ones that are, are, are killed when it's the owners. Yeah, that are don't, 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 don't just tell me the dog did it. Tell me what did the dog do and why did it do it, and who's responsible, and, and where where was the failure that yeah. led Absolutely. to a horrible outcome? Absolutely. Well said. Well said, Jim. Now, to be honest, I was going to go for a quick break, but. I have got to bring this gentleman on, Jim. Now, this is yeah. um, our absolute star. His name is Howard, and he has done a lot of events for um, Lennox and Patrick, and I'd like to welcome Howard to the show. Hi, Howard. How are you doing? Hi, Sue. How are you doing, gentlemen? It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, Great Howard. Great to you, Howard. And, I, you know, it's very interesting, you know, I'm listening to you guys. Basically, um, I got involved with Patrick Miracle back in New Jersey. He's a pit bull. He was starved nearly to death. Anyway, long story short, I've started these events. Um, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'm not the scientific type. I'm just trying to create awareness. I uh, have a big event going for in memory of uh, Lennox and in honor of Patrick. And my two events have drawn over 7,000 people worldwide. And, um, you know, my mission in life now is I will, never, I will never let this go with Patrick. You know, Patrick is a pit bull. And, um, you know, the whole thing you've been talking about just blows me away. I mean, you know, you're talking about the DNA, so... If a guy looks like a criminal, let's just arrest him and, you know, put him in jail. That's great. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Exactly. And, and, and remember, and back in the 18th and 19th century, we did just that and finally mm -hmm. learned that that was stupid. We did yep. it with humans. We've learned yep. that lesson. Why do we want to do it with dogs now? 
Exactly, exactly. And, you know, like I've said to Sue, unfortunately, such, you know, well, Patrick's going to make it, but with Lennox, such tragedy has happened. But like I've said on the show, unfortunately, you know, good good will come out of this because people people are going to be aware now. I mean, I've been telling people through the event that didn't even know about it. And matter of fact, Sue, I went to, uh, my friend went to one of his local schools. I think they're going to let me come in and talk about it to the kids. So, you know, as I said, you know, know, my thing is... um, it has to start with this generation. It's got to start with the young kids. We've got to educate them and tell them what is going on. I mean, you know, it's just unbelievable. It's just, I, I mean, I still can't believe it. So I think, I think a lot of it, like I've told Sue, and the reason I do my events is it's to create awareness. And if people are naive to it and don't know, then we're never going to, you know, we're never going to get anywhere. So we have to, you know, to meet people like you coming on and, and you know, giving the facts and then, you know, me passing on the awareness and Sue having us on is just an amazing thing. But, um, you know, this has got to end, like Sue and I said, you know. I mean, it could be any of us coming into our house, taking our dog or our pet, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They think and my Rocky's not Steve. They should wait until I started. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes. but, you know, it's, yeah, but the response to my events has been amazing. People that, you know, through Sue's show and people who never heard about it through Patrick now, people – you know, hearing about Lennox, and, I, you know, I think that's a wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, Patrick was abused, and the thing with Lennox, and the abuse thing is terrible, too. Patrick was um, nearly starved to death. He was uh, tied to a railing. They wrapped him up in plastic, threw him down a garbage chute. He was about 15 pounds. They didn't think he was going to make it. He's today now 60 pounds and healthy. So, you know, it's a, you know and, that's, and that's a big issue to me today, you know, how, how the people treat the dogs, too. You know, that's a big yeah. thing. You know, that could affect behavior, too. I don't care what kind of dog is, a chihuahua, a doxy, you know. You know, someone, you know, a kid who a kid who was abused by his parents, the odds are that he's going to go ahead and, you know, and abuse his children possibly or a mate. So, you know, to my feeling yeah. is it starts at home. I don't care what kind of breed they are. It starts with the owner, you know. Absolutely, Howard, and I've, I've got to completely agree with you, and that's one of the, the other things we need to do, at least in this country, is to get judges and and prosecutors and so forth where they don't just look at uh, animal abuse cases as oh that's one of those doggy cases and blow it off but they take it seriously because animal abuse has been shown to be a precursor to human against human violence and and even more serious things such as uh, predatory behavior and, and sexual predation Absolutely. and murder we need to continue to work towards towards making people take and getting the, the authorities to take animal cruelty as seriously as it should be. Correct, correct. I mean, I don't know if you know about Patrick, but I, I mean, yeah. I mean, the first the first picture I saw was horrifying, and I'm, you know, I to the hospital. The people who are going to adopt him, God willing, and he's doing amazing. He's a happy little guy, and he's, you know, it's just amazing. So as I said, came out of that. But I think I read, um, just read where there somewhere in the U.S. where they now put Labrador Retrievers on the BSL list. I'm 90% sure I read that in one of the states. I can't believe it. That, that's there, unbelievable no, to me. No telling what, there's no telling what they're liable to throw on there because sometimes it depends on what that particular legislature last had an argument with or last has a neighbor he doesn't like who has one. Um, unbelievable. You know, it, when, when they went to to try and ban Presta Canarios in, in a community called Coral Springs in, in hmm in South Florida because a woman was killed by one, I uh, was able to explain to the council that if they wanted to do it by by actual uh, threat, 
that was in the last 30 years, that was the second Prestecanario fatality in the U.S. So if they wanted to do it by threat, first they had to, to, to ban the dachshunds because we've had three people killed by dachshunds in the U.S. I have a dachshund. Yeah. And there have been way more killed by, by Labradors and Huskies and German Shepherds. Correct. So that if, Correct. if they wanted to do it by threat, pressure yeah. scenarios were way down the list numbers-wise. So <laughs> they were going to have to do an awful lot before they got to them. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, like I said to Sue also, Jim, as far as, you know, the, you know, the courts, and, you know, I said it to Sue, uh, you know, your pet is a family member. It's a, fa- mm-hmm. it's a member of the family. I mean, I'm cl- you know, I'm closer to my dog than some of my friends I got. I'm serious. And they're loyal. I mean, we, you know, we joke around, but they are truly family, you know. And, you know, yeah. as I, as we, you know, I, and, you know, this is, you know, it happened to the Barnes. It's happened before. And if we don't go out and change the laws and legislate, it's going to be a problem. Matter of fact, there is a law, I believe it's before, it's in New Jersey. Um, it's going to be called Patrick's Law. And the sentences mm-hmm. are going to get much harsher. So, you know, when people say to me, well, you're running these events and blah, blah, blah. You know something? It's the only way you're going to change things, as I said, is to create the awareness, get people peacefully riled up, like Sue says, and that's how things are going to change. You know, if, the, if, the, you know, if people aren't aware of it, you know, you've got to vote these people in. They're going to change it. They have to. Exactly. That's, uh, we, that's, we were very successful this session, and of all places, the state of Georgia, where we got them to substantially change their their dangerous dog law, so it is based on behavior, and also to stiffen their um, their animal cruelty statutes. So even in um, places where normally does not consider to be the cutting edge of, of forward-looking legislation, there are legislators out there that you can reach out to and explain the problem to, and mm-hmm. get them involved and and push and don't give up. It took us two and a half years. To get that ordinance or that law redone, but that's right. Uh, that's right. It's got lots of promise, and it's and it's a great yeah. starting point. There's there's things we still want to tweak, but it's a huge improvement over what was in place. And this was a yeah, state exactly. where not not that long ago, animal fighting was was perfectly legal. Exactly. So you know, it's just getting out there, and then I got to go back to work. But what I'm doing with my event, Jim, it's called Worldwide Go Blue and Green in honor of Patrick and in memory of Lennox. And I'm telling people, you know. Print something up on paper. Drop it off to your shelters. Drop it off to the vet's office. Put it on the lamppost. Drop it to the schools. And I think, you know, as more people know, more people know. I had a, um, I was telling Sue, um, I put it out there, one of my friend of a friend, I told the kid the story, 10-year-old boy about Lennox, and he started crying. He said to his mom, mm-hmm. can, I, can we go rescue a dog? She says, yeah, we can go get one. But long story short, the kid got there. He said, you know, I love Patrick, too. They ended up rescuing two dogs, and they're calling them Patrick and Lennox. And that's Excellent. you know that, that wow. that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that's near and dear to my heart because this ten year old kid said I want to get involved now, so it's just you know and that ten year old is going to influence other ten year olds who are going to influence other ten year olds and who are all going to grow up and have children that they're going to directly influence. You got it. So you know it starts it's, as I said it starts you know it starts with the younger generations. But um, anyway, I got to go. But once again, I want to thank my friend Sue for having all of us on and. Um, as I've told them many times, I love her dearly, and I really praise her for what she is doing, just, you know, just to let us on and voice our opinions. And she is, she is, she is truly responsible for spreading the word. It's, it's just amazing. You know, she's, uh, exactly. she's given everyone a, Thank you. Know, she's, given, she's just given, you know, to Joe Schmo like me the time to come on and talk, and it's, 
and truly appreciate it. And I do think we are all going to make a difference as long as we all stick together. And I can tell you have my commitment because I will be doing these events for as long as I'm here. Great. Anyway, Howard, nice thank you very to you, much folks. for coming on the show. And you okay, are honey. not just anybody. You've done a lot for this, and everybody appreciates everything you're doing in the events. You're doing a very good job, and thanks for coming on the show as well. Okay, so God bless all of you and be well. Thanks, thanks Howard. Thanks very much, Howard. Thanks, God. Okay, so we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. He is an absolute star, Howard. I absolutely love him to bits. He's really, really good. Now, I've got people in the chat saying it's wee time. Um, and you know, Sue, she says it is, it is. But we've also got Jet, Jet on the line, so hopefully. Um, Jet, are you there? Hello, my darling. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You haven't gone, gone for a quick wee break yet, then. You're all right. <laughs> no, no, but my cancer are giving me funny looks. <laughs> <laughs> right, have we got a question for Jim? I Good am. evening, Jet. Hello. Good evening, darling. Are you all right? I'm very well, yes. I'm sitting here quietly, but great to have you on. Jets has, has been working very hard behind the scenes for us, can I just say, in, in the last day or two. She's been doing a lot of work. She's been doing a lot of research for us on certain things, which we'll announce a little bit later on um, after the important part of the show. But thank you. I just want to say thank you, Jets. You're, you're a superstar. Oh, I've gone red now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the question that I wanted to ask Jim is really, really quick. And what it was is, I just wondered, Jim, have you ever seen anything like this over in the States? Uh, first of all, the situation, but also the, the, the reaction to that situation. Have you seen any of that before? Uh, as far as the reaction, this, is, this has gone over the top um, with the worldwide support. And, but, and, 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 you know, there have been other incidents here in the States that have gotten some pretty high-profile responses. But I think what we're seeing is is the snowball of all these these various incidents, or the avalanche, if you will, that, that Lennox, I think, may have been that last little push that starts that starts the the huge avalanche down the mountain of people saying, "Enough! This is this has got to be the last one. Um, this is this has reached out." far beyond anything I've ever seen before. You know, I've, I, again, I've seen various things, but never so many people from so many different uh, countries and environments banding together to support th this, one, this one dog. And I've been, you know, humbled and, and, and impressed to no end that so many people have come up, that so many people have supported Lennox's cause. And, and I think that we have in return, all of us, a responsibility to each of those hundreds of thousands of people and to Lennox to keep this ball rolling. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't even have any dogs, but I mean, I just love animals full stop. And when I heard of this, I, it just ripped my heart out. There was no way that I could sit back and just let this happen and not do a thing because I don't want to be associated with that part of society. I'd rather stand up and say, animals have just as much right to be here as we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I don't know about, I've got people that are actually messaging me on the chat saying it's got to be wee time. So I think we're going to have to have a very, maybe a very quick song. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, go for it. I don't even think uh, I'm Are you okay, Jim, it. for just a quick song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, do what, do what you have to do. 
<laughs> okay, so everybody, uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We'll have a very quick song, and I'll be honest, I hadn't even picked a song, so I'm very. That's a very quickly um, thing. Now, Jim, can while you're just there, could you just tell everybody what your blog was again, so they can go and have a look while the song's the, on? Uh, the 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 blog is. Let me pull it up again, so I can because I never remember it. It's canine aggression issues, and it's as all all lowercase all run together. The word canine aggression dot blogspot dot com. So canine aggression dot blogspot dot com. Okay, thanks for that, Jim. Thanks very much to Jets for giving us a call in. Thank you very much. Welcome. And cheers for your, all your hard work. Oh, you're welcome. It's not a problem at all, honestly. If there's anything you want me to do, I'm here 24-7, and I'm quite happy to do that for you. No problem. Thank you very much. appreciate that, and thanks for calling in as well. Okay, take care. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye Jess. So we'll... So we'll just go for a very quick song and we shall be back in a couple of minutes. Yeah. 
Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'll be honest, that music went far too fast. I wasn't ready for it. And I was supposed to come back on when we jingle, and I forgot all about it. So we'll have to just have the jingle at the end, because I quite enjoyed that. Right, I'd like to welcome back to the show um, my two lovely gentlemen in the studio tonight, and that is Steve and, of course, Jim. Welcome back, you two. Hello, Sue. Hey, it's nice to be back. Right. Now, this at the moment, what we want to do, um, myself and Steve, and obviously we've said to you, Jim, that we wanted to also have a discussion, the three of us, with regard on where you think that the Asu Show group has literally got together. We've got a 1,000 members and a very strong crowd. Obviously, we're all of every group, we always have the odd hiccup, but it's been brilliant. The support and the connections between us all has been absolutely fantastic, and they are crying out to what we can do. Now, if I can just interrupt got... there, so, sorry to interrupt you, Sue. I'm very impolite no, of me. Um, we have 1,000 members, but Jets and 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 her team of people, including a girl called Tracy, who's wonderful, they've got together another group of 4,000 based on what we did with our, our wow. flight situation. This this was I spoke earlier to Jim Absolutely. about this when we got the flight to get someone to Belfast at the 11th hour. So altogether, we're 5,000 strong at the minute and growing every... This is obviously in, what, three or four days and growing every day. So we've got a great bunch of truly dedicated people behind us, most of which, I will say, there's a... I'm going to be honest, there's a few... Can I, can I say... Can I say pricks on the right Yeah, just say there, what you've there, got to say. After <laughs> today, you can say there what you want, Steve. Unfortunately, there are one or two people who are not in this for the cause, um, and there's one or two people with, with some of our fundraising to pay for the flight to get Joanne over that have been causing difficulties and, and saying slanderous things, uh, certainly today. And I will say personally that if any more of that goes on, um, there will be liable suits going against them. But out of 5,000 people, we've got 4,998 absolute troopers behind us here, Jim. Um, and, and we've got a, a really strong team of people who are dedicated we we want your opinions because we we've got stuff going on behind the scenes we'll talk about later but we want to drive forward for change not only in the uk but in certain parts of the us and and wider wider afield as well uh, we need global change and jim we we yeah. we're looking up to you for your your opinions yeah I'm, and i i agree with you it's time that we get change as 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 far and wide as we can, and as, as I said, the and, I, and I'm working on a, a new blog post to, to so we don't take up too much time with it, but to kind of detail what I would envision is that instead of instead of breed specific legislation, which we know simply doesn't work, we need to look at. I mean, we, there are dogs. Let's face it, there are dogs that we have to protect people from, whether they are Great Danes or those little Maltese marf marf dogs that are snapping and snarling at you every time you walked up to the little blue-haired lady who doesn't realize that this dog is a problem, <laughs> even though it's 11 pounds. Uh, and frankly, when I get aggression calls, I'd rather deal with the 130-pound Great Dane than that little marf marf because that little sucker's going to bite me. Um, but the thing is we need to to really focus on pressing legislators and, and decision makers around the world to develop strategies for dealing with dangerous dogs based on um, behavior, 
based on quantifiable, observable behavior that, that applies across the board instead of trying to make um, you know, decisions based on looks. Uh, you know, and and two, two things I use to, to, to illustrate this. Number one, hopefully with humans anymore, we no longer look over and, for instance, see an, see an African-American person and go, ah, you must be a crack dealer. Or, do we, or look at uh, somebody of Hispanic origin and say, ah, you must be an agricultural worker. We don't do that anymore. Um, you know, that's in our history, and, and as humans we have to face the, the, the negative fact that we have made those decisions, but we should be learning from that. We should be learning from those, those things that we do. And the, the other thing we've got to realize is we've got, you can only control behavior. You, you can't legislate successfully themes because, for instance, in New York City, years ago they, uh, they outlawed uh, handguns in New York City, and obviously nobody has been shot in New York City in years. Just ask the police Don't, just while you step over the body in the middle of the street. Um, <laughs> the United States had our great experiment with prohibition back in the 1920s, and we don't have any alcohol problems in the U.S. anywhere at all, do we? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, we, 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 have to, we have to go after human behavior and try to affect human responsibility and place the responsibility for good and bad where it belongs. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I'm with you 100%, Jim. So, so Jim, do you actually, and, and I'm, I think I'm doing this to, for everybody that's working so hard within, within the Ask Sue show, and obviously the other groups, there is other groups on Facebook that are doing the same thing, and all over the world we're doing this. Do you actually think that we can actually change it globally, and how hard do you think it will be? Um, it's going to be a long fight, because... Um, if there's one one force that's probably stronger than than sunlight or the tides or the wind, it's human stupidity. But um, even human stupidity can be beaten down. Um, and uh, I believe that uh, I believe we do have a chance for success. It, it, it's going to take a lot of effort by a lot of people. But just with yourselves, you have a lot of people there that are. Um, that, that are backing this and, and see the the problems with PSL and want to support something better. And I think that is a, around the world, people push more and more for that better solution because it not only protects the animals but the people, then I think we do have a chance here. I really believe that. I think we've got to be in this for the long term, folks. We're not going to get it. There's a few people who, who have commented to me in, in the last few days, and they've said, how long is it going to take? You know, will we, be, will we see something this year? And the truth is, no, we're going to be talking years. But no. we've got to remain and, dedicated. And it may be piecemeal. It may be piecemeal. We may do away with uh, bits and pieces at a time, and you, and you keep whittling away at this, this huge edifice that we can't live with, and you finally get something crafted over time that, that, that is actually useful. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sorry, well I just on. did something really funny 
Jim, I, I like to just see if the people in the chat are, are awake. And I just said to them, so who's with us and Jim? And I said, say hey. And the whole chat room is just lit up with hey. So I know Great. we've got the, a, a really good group and a real lot of people. Are, and obviously we, we've unfortunately lost Lennox out of all this, but he's brought a lot of people together. And I think, do you know what, you're right. He's, he's definitely been the icing on the cake that we needed to say that's enough. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it, it, it's a, we have to say, you know, enough is enough. And Lennox has gotten so much um, exposure across the world that, that, that we do have the opportunity to, to use his tragedy as, as a seed to, to do something better. Absolutely. We and we will. As long as there's breath Definitely. in my body, we will. Definitely. Now, just one last question I want to ask you, Jim. If there's anybody that's listening in the show at this moment in time and they have just literally had a knock on the door, like the, the obviously the Lennox family did, is there anything that you can suggest to them that they could do besides obviously get in touch with you and you will help them? <laughs> um, get in touch with me. In, in the UK, there are, there are, there are groups, uh, what is it, DDA Watch? that uh, are working to uh, try and assist people. Uh, I'm sure you have uh, folks that you know that are resources and perhaps you could post on your website that um, are working to, to help people out with this. Um, I, would, I would say that if they show up and, and don't have a warrant and say, well, you'll either cooperate with us or we're going to come back with a warrant. My response is, okay, we'll be here. Thank you. Have a nice day. Click. Um, you know, don't, don't just agree to anything. You know, don't be yeah. rude or difficult and don't be obstructive, but don't just agree to have your, your family pet taken away because somebody tells you they, they think that it may be a prohibited breed. Make them go through the legal process. Make them take it through the things that have to do. And then as long, and, and different people have different levels of resources, but to whatever label or, or level of resources they have, stand up and defend your dog. As you said before, this is a member of your family. You, you don't want them taking your, your child away without cause. Make them show you the cause. Make them go through the effort. Make them follow their own rules. Um, beat yeah. them up with their own rules, basically. Yeah, Jim, yeah, I've got to just read this. You're probably going to say the same as me, are you now? Go on. <laughs> no, I wasn't, actually. I know what you're going to say because I'm psychic, so I'll say something totally different. Um, <laughs> I, I was reading an, an article the other day about, and this was just Battersea Dogs Home, which I'm not sure if you're aware of, Jim, but they're, they're just one animal shelter for dogs, and they're based in London, so they're one of God knows how many millions in the UK, although be it one of the most well-known. Um, but last year they had, and I don't know the exact figure, but it was something like 170 dogs that were brought in by the police that had been seized for being potentially or, or being dangerous, um, which they had to destroy. They analyzed them all, and over 90% were deemed to be safe. But what a lot of people did, they made the mistake. When the police came banging on the door at 7 o'clock in the morning and said, we believe you've got a dangerous dog, sign these papers, they signed them, and they signed their dog over to the police 
which gives them the power immediately to destroy the dog. And I would urge anybody, if they have a warrant to seize the dog, then of course don't interfere with that. You've got to let them do it. But do not sign over your dog because once you've signed that, you've signed a death warrant. If they have to take the dog, they have to take the dog, but, let, but they do it against your wishes, which leaves the necessary legal channels open to you to, to pursue. Exactly. You know, don't, don't just give up from the get-go. Make, make the system follow its own rules and make them go through everything they have to do. And, and if, if they're being professional, they're not gonna, it's not going to be that they're going to get mad at you personally. It, it should be a matter of this is simply business and I'm, I'm simply going to have to follow the rules. But uh, you know, don't just sign over a dog. Say, come back with the proper paperwork. I will cooperate. I'm not being violent. I'm not being uh, difficult. And, and, and don't try to, and people do it, and I've got to say, don't try to pull a fast one and try to relocate the dog while, while they're getting their paperwork because somebody's going to find it sooner or later. And the, the issue is that that puts you already on the defensive as having done something wrong. Follow the rules, um, make, but make them follow their own rules too. Don't, don't try Absolutely. and again, don't try and pull a fast one because uh, it never works out. No, indeed. But don't sign anything. And if they have to take the dog, they have to take the dog. But that's where you need to be contacting legal legal advice and as you mentioned DDA watch I spoke with them today actually um, and they do have a helpline um, and they can point you in the direction of various specialist uh, law firms um, and, and, and you know for, for everyone in the UK there is free legal assistance available um, and, and you should certainly sign nothing until you seek that legal assistance because you wouldn't sign your kid away for destruction so don't do it with exactly. your dog get a lawyer involved Exactly. Get a lawyer involved if you can. If you can't, you know, if, if there's if there's legal free legal aid available, take advantage of it, um, and make sure that the attorney that you're dealing with understand this is not just a doggy case. This is something I care deeply about. And uh, you know, I said the they may still proceed and do what they're going to do, but make them work for it. Don't just hand it to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even at this stage, there are cases. There was a case somebody just commented in the chat. I apologize, my love. I, I've missed you. You've, the chat's going crazy. Um, but somebody commented on a similar case in Northern Ireland recently where the dog was released back to the family. Um, so, you know, maybe in some cases by, as you said, Jim, making them work. Um, even with the laws as they stand, you know, it's just because they take your dog doesn't necessarily mean that, you, that they're keeping it. You know, you can poss possibly get your dog back. Exactly. And remember, if they're using experts, it is perfectly and 100% legitimate to question the qualifications of the expert. When I go to court, I expect to be challenged as to what it is that makes me an an expert and what it is that makes me able to, 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 to talk about these things and to testify against them. And that's examined each and every time I go to court. And I've, I've now testified as an expert in multiple state courts and in uh, U.S. federal courts. So those people who are actually are experts, none of us mind having to go through why we should be listening. So if, if there's somebody that uh, 
they're defending on that is not qualified, then then you should definitely question why they're using this particular person and what and what makes this person an expert and if they even meet the criteria. Well, I tell you one thing: if one of my dogs is ever taken, God forbid, by the police, I, I know who will be analysing them on behalf of my defence, and it certainly won't <laughs> be somebody somebody here in the UK, Jim. I can tell you that. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, well, uh, the thing is, Jim, I think I think you're going to have loads of people wanting to talk to you, you know, especially because the thing is we, we're actually seeing – I mean, Lennox has literally brought loads more out of the woodwork. That we, To be fair, we didn't really – well, me personally, I know I'm going to suddenly get shot down and say, oh, yeah, we knew about them. But there, there is loads out of there in the same position or have been in the same position. Mm-hmm. And there, there are more than you suspect because there are way yeah. too many people that even in this country have – have gone have have either been misled by unprofessional officials or who have just said, "Well, there's no way I can win this," and just give up and walk away. And um, it, it's it's time to stop that. You know, I like I said I, I ran an animal control agency for about two and a half years, and in that time, I dealt with over a hundred cases where people accused other people's animals of being legally dangerous under our law. And in the course of that, I did actually legally find that 71 of those animals were dangerous, and they ranged from pit bulls to, to mixed breeds to Labradors to German Shepherds. But each of those cases, I, I did not take it personally when people questioned it because I recognized that the process has to be followed. Due process is is so important in anything, and everybody should have the, the chance to defend their particular case. Some of the 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 accusations were ridiculous. I had a lady that that wanted a, a basset hound declared dangerous because it was sitting in her yard in, in the neighbor's yard and looking at her. Okay, that's even though that was ridiculous. We still did a full investigation and came out and said, you know, interviewed the people and looked at the circumstances and found that, no, that dog was not dangerous. So just because someone complains doesn't mean you're going to lose. Everybody has the right to due process and needs to insist on that due process and not just give up. Absolutely. Well said, said, Jim. Well, Jim, unfortunately, we are running out of time, and I can't believe, again, how fast these two hours go. I'll tell you what, these hours on this Ask Sue show go nowhere to the point sometimes we even end up doing silly shows at half past 12 in the morning because they want to continue, but unfortunately not tonight, everybody. Um, Jim, thank you ever so much for coming on to the Ask Sue show. I know everybody in the chat will obviously say a big hooray to you, although you can't see it, but they're absolutely chuffed to bits, and thank you ever so much for coming on to the show and talking to us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been great to talk with you all. Um, I look forward to the possibility of coming to the UK in the future. And uh, No, no, Jim, uh, I, 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 must, I must tell you, no, that's not a possibility. We will definitely be getting you over. You're, you are a breath of fresh air to all of us. Well, then I definitely look forward to being in the UK and, and hopefully <laughs> meeting you and maybe we'll get Steve, pry Steve away from his sunny retreat and um, uh, get... Uh, get together and uh, try to educate people and educate both both the public and the officials and, and 
again, make Lennox's whole issue stand for something. Absolutely, absolutely. And Definitely. Jimmy, I, I, if I can just personally say, you're, you're, you're an extremely busy and, and high-profile man in this world, and I would like to personally, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on the show tonight, uh, but also from the conversations that we've had earlier on. Thank you for the, the things you're doing behind the scenes, the, the people that you're trying to put us in touch with, um, and, and for your, your support of our group and, and obviously our cause. Um, and, and I, for one, am very much looking forward to, to hopefully working with you on, on various things and, 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 and fighting together over the coming months and years uh, for a cause that we all feel very strongly about. So thank you so much for your support, Jim. Well, you're very welcome, and, and, I'm, and I'm thrilled to, to be involved in any way I can. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jim, for joining the show, and we will speak to sure. you soon. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. All thank the very you. best, Bye-bye. Jim. Good night. Good night. Good night. What an absolutely fascinating and lovely guy. All I can say is it's just a shame we couldn't have got him here a lot sooner. Absolutely. Now, I it doesn't come very often, this, but ask who's actually going to pass you over to somebody else because um, Steve's going to have a little bit of rant in a minute, but I just want to say something. For anybody who's listening to this show today... You have almost brought me down to tears, some of you. Now, this is not a lot of people in the chat, but anybody who is listening that has put me into this position, I want to thank you very much. Today, you made me feel like I wanted to just pack it all in because there were some people that I've been slating myself and also Claire that put the money to put the money, or should I say, put her money where her mouth was as well, and she literally put that money in for the flight for Joanne to see if we could, it's it just that small little glimmer of hope that we might be able to fetch Lennox home. And I am disgusted, and I'm just going to say it, very pissed off with humans because it upsets me when just ordinary, genuine, honest people can do that about Claire and the fact that they're slated in this show. And at the end of the day, we are working so hard for what we are doing. And, and, and myself and Steve are talking all the time. We're, we're on the phone. We're on the laptops. And it's till stupid o'clock. And I have just had enough of it. So let me just put this warning right now. I don't care if you've been on the Lennox Trail for years. I don't care if you know them personally. I don't know what the score is. We, at the end of the day, are not fighting for Lennox. Lennox has passed, and I, like everybody else, is sorry for that. But at the end of the day, we cannot save Lennox. We are here to save all of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that are left that are in the same position. And we will not be giving up. You've just made me stronger than I was before. So at the end of the day, anybody who wants to say that sort of thing, expect to be kicked straight off the group because I will not have it. I am not working my backside off for people to knock us innocent people that are working day and night for this. And Steve, myself, and Jets, and oh, Claire, and all of you, and anybody I've missed, I apologize. You know who you are. And at the end of the day, I'm not having it no more. So anybody wants to do that, if you're not happy with what we're doing in the Ask Sue Show, you are welcome to leave. But anybody who is doing this anymore will be barred from the Ask Sue show and you will not be allowed back on. So I'm going to pass you over to Steve now because I've said my rant. And thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, go ahead. <laughs> Bloody hell. Have one of your tablets, Sue, and you'll be all right in a minute, love. You'll be all right. Oh, no. I, I've just found I, myself and sit here like royalty. Go on. <laughs> 100% behind Sue. 
people are asking us, um, and I, I'm probably getting, I think today I've had 50 to 100 people ask me what's happening, what's, what's happening moving forward. Well, I tell you what's happening today. Today I have spent several hours as a Sue deleting and following up and re responding to people who've called Claire a fraud. Um, and I've wasted a day that I could have been putting in efforts into saving lives of dogs. Um, and, and I'm completely behind Sue on this. From now on, any more of this, not only will we be blocking and removing people, but we will be passing their details over to Facebook, um, who I have spoken with today, who will track their IP addresses and pass them over to the authorities, because it falls short of nothing but defamation of character. Um, and Claire is a complete darling and a star. And we didn't save Lennox, um, but we did more than anyone has done. And that's not me blowing my trumpet. That's saying we are in this. The whole group, everyone who was in that chat that night, everyone who's come on board since, we're in this to make change for the future. Claire coughed up all of her credit card available funds and her overdraft and all of this in order to make it happen that night. And we tried our damn best so we could sleep knowing we tried. And if anyone wants to say that it's a fraud, then you go ahead and do that now, and we'll just pass it over to the relevant authorities to deal with. Now I've said that, the 73 people that are in the chat, I love each and every one of you, and you have all been asking me what's happening and what's going on. Well, I want to say thank you to Lorna, thank you to Claire, of course. Thank you to Jess, excuse me while I, while I swallow. Thank you to Tracy. Uh, Tracy, you have been an absolute darling. Uh, it's not often I swallow in public. Tracy, you've been an absolute darling um, with, with all of the work and, and bringing your group on board. Uh, thank you to Lena, of course, and to Liz, and to many, many others who've been, well, who've been helping us no end. Moving forward, what's happening? Well, we've oh, got a number just of very quickly. Sorry, sorry, can I just mention very quickly, ASU auction, everybody go and have a look at the page. There's things up for auction to pay back, to help pay Claire back as well. Thank you. Carry on. There is indeed. And coming up very soon on the ASU auction, on, on, on the, the bid it thing, um, if anybody wants, fancies their chances as a professional voiceover appear on the radio, there is going to be a training course worth £1,500 sterling. That's me, $2,000, um, with a minimum price of about four fifty. So get bidding on that, folks, when it comes on. We've got people contacting various um, animal experts around the globe, building up links. We've made a phenomenal progress forward in getting Jim, who, as you've heard, is superbly, superbly, superbly behind us. Um, and, and he is going to be working with us in the UK, in Europe, and, of course, around the world to help us. We have got lawyers and barristers who are doing research at the moment. Um, I'm going to tell you about something we're going to be campaigning for very shortly. We have got plans to make the Ask Sue show um, into a full-time, independent, 24-hour radio station, um, which will be run as a commercial venture in order to raise money for our campaign and nothing else. We're going to be turning it into a serious professional station for all kinds of things relating to talk about all kinds of stuff. So keep, stay tuned for that. There's a lot of protests going on in the UK. There's a lot of stuff happening in the UK. We are planning, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning the proposed dates, so, but we are no, planning no. for, for um, the anniversary next year of when, when, sadly, Lennox passed to hold a huge event in London. We want 
tens, hundreds of thousands of people there. We're going to have planes flying over with banners. We're going to have celebrities leading the march. And we are going to collate all of the information that you guys are working for, and we are going to present that to the Prime Minister. That is our goal over the next year, and that's what we have to work towards. And Sue will give you the email address in a moment. Anyone who wants to help us, let us know what you can do to, to help and what you feel you can be involved in wherever you are in the world. And over the coming weeks, and I say weeks because Rome wasn't built in a day, we're working so hard, but over the coming weeks we'll be talking to everyone and getting everyone with their specific responsibility. We're forming, we're looking into forming a non-profit or a chari legal charitable organization so we can raise money and seriously drive this campaign forward. And finally, and I will be very quick, Sue, we're running out of time, but finally we are... We are speaking with very, very senior lawyers at the moment about a, a, a procedure in the UK that we may, may be able to get brought forward as an emergency, um, temporary thing. As you know, Rebecca, Jim, and many people were fighting to take Lennox out of the UK. What we're driving forward with the long-term goal is to change the law. But in the short term, we're working with Jim and other people around the world to find ways, if a dog is going to be killed solely because of what it looks, to get a legal system in place so that dog can at least be taken to a safe haven in another country rather than killed. This is going to be a hell of a fight, guys, but say yay if you're with us. It's all gone quiet. Yes, 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 yes. It's coming through. It's coming through. So we're going it to be doing be a lot. <laughs> we're going to be doing a lot over the next few months. And please, thank you all very much. Please get involved. Sue, what's the email address people can contact you on? That's a very good question. <laughs> they can go to. Um, I'm sure I've, we've got so many things. So what I'll do is I'll say Lennox Letters at gmail dot com. Now Lennox Letters, it's Literally, LL. But listen, i tell you what we will do. This will be a temporary one, but I will put one onto the Ask Sue Show um, group. You caught me unawares there. I never even thought of that. Or you can, al or you can also email me at asksueuk at gmail.com. Now, we're down to 90 seconds, Steve, so, um, or 60 seconds, one of the two. So, I'll just put that on the chat. Well, in that case, for all those lovely ladies that have been commenting on my sexy voice, can I just say, <laughs> sorry about the heavy breathing tonight earlier on, and I, I love you all. And Natalie, I'm sure that one day we'll talk together and you'll hear my laugh a little bit more. Right, so, oh my goodness, they're all going mad now. Look what you've done to them. So, everybody, at the end of the day, we're going to leave the chat room going for a while. Um, we will be coming and having a word with you shortly. Um, please keep going to the Ask Sue Show group, also to the Ask Sue Auction, and we've also got the Ask Sue Rescues um, for dogs that we want to try and rehome or are going through the same sort of thing as Lennox did. So thank you very much from him, and thank you very much from me, and thank you very much to Jim and Howard and all of our callers. Thank you very much. Good night. Anything else, Steve? No, play the jingle, and, and I love you all, and just keep fighting, guys. Like the jingle. It chucks it at me literally like the fast thing. Right, okay, we'll go to the jingle and thank you very much. Good night, everybody. Good night. Campaigning for change in BSL laws worldwide. It's the Ask Sue Show with Sue and Steve.